Oh, well, hello, hello, everyone. Welcome, welcome back. Hello, AJ. Hello, Mafians. We have another great show for you here today. You are now listening once again to the Two Clever Mafia podcast, and I am your host, Two Clever Mafia. Hello, AJ. How was your How was your week? Good? Haven't heard any complaints, so I'm assuming it was good. We've got a great show coming up for everyone today. We have uh, something called the the we're calling the tech disruption, uh, connecting the dots for our digital future, or I guess for the digital future. Um, we're going to, if, if you're not really interested in tech, I know I want to give a little disclaimer. This, you know, we kind of mix it up and do a little bit of everything here on the Two Clever Mafia podcast. And this is going to be kind of a history from my point of view, your host, Two Clever Mafia, um, of, of, of kind of how, I've seen over the years that the tech evolution, if you will, uh, tech has progressed over the years. And uh, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about beepers and pagers and and blackberries and the path kind of to the modern day smartphone. Um, And then we're going to get into a little bit of the rise in the Internet Uh, and uh, a big a big part of, of the Internet for me was uh, the rise and fall of, of America Online or AOL. So we're going to get in a little bit into that and a little brief history here and there. So kind of an education we're going to get it right. We're going to disperse today, right, AJ? Yeah. Yeah, so a little bit of that. But uh, first, I, hey, AJ, have you seen, you know, we're going to cut to break in a minute. But I know, AJ, you're getting ready to hit the button already. You, 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 you're working overtime today? You, you got a hot date somewhere you need to be after uh, after today's recording? No. Yes, you've noticed. Well, I, I am a little stuffed up. I am a little stuffed up, and I, I, I think it's the allergy, allergy season is, is starting to kick in. Uh, it's kind of getting into full swing. So uh, I, I am a little bit stuffed up, but uh, we're going to get through it, AJ. We're going to get through it today. And uh, But I wanted to ask you, have you seen the new commercial uh, for Fruit Loops? Yeah, the cereal Fruit Loops. Yeah, well, they, well, they, have, a, they have a brand... Um, a spokesperson, I guess, if you want to call it that, uh, Toucan Sam, you know, the, the, the Toucan with the, the colorful uh, a bill, you know, the, the, the beak, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, well, I saw, I was watching some television earlier, and I saw the, the, this this commercial came along, and it was Toucan Sam. And uh, it, it, have you seen how much he has changed over the years? I mean, I don't know if you noticed, but I remember when... Uh, there was an old commercial. Maybe I'll uh, I'll put a link to it on the uh, in the in the description. But there was an old commercial where uh, Toucan Sam actually spoke Pig Latin in the commercial. You know what? Actually, I'm going to play it for you here. And surprisingly enough, the baby Toucan in the uh, in the commercial in the oldie commercial is a little bit stuffed up, like I feel today. So uh, let me let me let me hit the button. Listen. Have you noticed something very special about new Kellogg's Oot Cray Oops Lights? Hear that? They elves may so that's, that's Pig Latin, AJ. Yeah, and they smell good, too. They tasted good back then, too. Smart kid. Crispy and delicious day for breakfast, all for eggs and They don't sell any dipper to be. Why not? He's all stuffed up. He's got a cold like I do. Oh, boy. 
Well, Kellogg's puts real orange, lemon, and cherry flavor. I don't know if they do that anymore, though. these crispy little cereal circles made from oats. Then oats? spangles them with big, punchy sugar crystals. And sugar crystals? Mm, you can't even say that word anymore. Day. Try them. I liked them. Sparkling with ogre shade. Kind of catchy. I have a terrible cold, you know. We already know that. Oh, no, they just sneezed all over the... Yeah, mine too. Yeah, yeah, and he's come a long way. He used to be kind of... Now he's got a, a crazy uh, accent, I guess. They've given him an accent. But, uh, yeah, back in the day when he started, he used to do commercials and he would speak pig Latin. I mean, they were black and white commercials. You probably could YouTube it. Just you, you, YouTube search uh, uh, Toucan Sam old commercial or whatever. But, uh, yeah, now, um, I, I was, I was watching it and, uh, not that I would know, but, uh, the, the new commercials are almost like he's on some sort of, uh, LSD trip from, you know, I remember from, no, I don't, I don't remember, but from the sixties and, you know, the, the LSD and, you know, get a lot of rainbow colors and crazy, crazy flashing lights and stuff. But, um. Yeah, the new commercial, if you get a chance, uh, the new Toucan Sam commercial is uh, is different. Is different than even the Toucan Sam of, of five, ten years ago. You know, he used to run around. He had all the different flavors in the Fruit Loops. And, uh, you know, my grandson told me that the Fruit Loops, they're all the same flavor. There is no different flavor. I don't know how true that is. I never really ate Fruit Loops, but um, I was more of a the Frosted Flake guy. I kind of like those, but... Um, yeah, I never really ate Fruit Loops, but he said all the flavors are the same. So I don't know how true that is. I guess we'll have to uh, uh, test that one day and get a box of Fruit Loops, you know. But anyway, check it out. Check out Toucan Sam and the old Pig Latin commercial that he did. And, uh, pretty interesting. But um, yeah, we got a great show. We're going to do the history of uh, communication and my, from my point of view, from, from the Too Clever Mafia point of view. But, uh, yeah, some interesting stuff. And uh, I've been in, you know, really wanting to uh, kind of clear it up because I was talking to my grandson. And again, comes up with my grandson. And uh, he didn't know what a beeper was or a pager. I said, really? I was like, wow, that much time has passed. And that was only in the, what, the 90s. So I guess, you know, the 90s is 30 years ago now. The beginning of, in 1990. That's, that's pretty crazy. That's pretty crazy stuff right there. So, um Either way, we got a great show for you to coming up, and uh, we're going to take a, uh, a short break. Don't forget to uh, subscribe to all our social medias and uh, uh, YouTube channel, as well as the usual, uh, you know, sign up for our uh, Twitter, Instagram, you know, follow us on there. We're really getting a, a really huge following over on Instagram, AJ. Did you notice that? Yeah. After our last post, we did a, what was the last one? It was, uh, I think it was Dogs vs. Cats, really drummed up some... Uh, some interest. We got a little bit extra interest. But um, either way, you can always head over to www.twoclevermafia.com uh, and listen to us. We're available on Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, Breaker, Radio Public, Bullhorn, all of those. Don't forget to like and subscribe, folks. And uh, yeah, like, maybe head over. We're getting a lot of likes on uh, a lot of subscriptions on our Facebook and our um, uh Instagram, but uh, our Twitter and our, our uh, YouTube is a little light. So, you know, if you, if you subscribe to one, subscribe to them all. We also uh, 
we give out, uh, we just give away a, a, a coffee mug and a couple of two clever mafia stickers to a, a lucky winner who, uh, we, uh, We'll wait a little bit before we make the announcement of who won. But, uh, yeah, so for subscribing to all of our platforms and commenting and liking, and as uh, long as you meet those qualifications, we'll send you out some free gear, some free Mafia merch, merchandise. Right, right, Mafia merchandise. So we're going to take a short break. Uh, Got to pay the bills. And uh, we will be right back, and we're going to dive right into... Our uh, our tech disruption episode. I like to title that one. Uh, we're gonna dive right into it after this short break. Welcome, welcome back, my mafians. Hello, AJ. Welcome, everyone. We are in for a uh education lesson today we're going to go into a little bit of too clever uh history we are going to um uh lead this off with what i call the tech disruption which uh part one is going to be instant communication which we're going to talk about and this kind of started because my grandkids came to me and they said they said papa grandpa i don't yeah usually they call me papa or grandpa or whatever and they said, you know, we were having a discussion and the, the ter- beepers came up and we, it, it came out that basically beep, they didn't know what one was. They didn't know what a beeper was or a pager or anything like that. And I said, wow. I said, you know, that that's kind of a, 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 to me, that was a surprise. I mean, I did, you know, you, as generations go on and as you get older, you, you, you don't realize how the younger generation just doesn't know, just doesn't experience it and you you kind of have to look at it, it. It's difficult sometimes to look at things through someone else's eyes who's younger and doesn't have that experience because you've you've progressed along the way and learned things and stages and and then looking back at the younger generations, they haven't experienced those things and you know they will, but they haven't experienced or they'll experience a whole different path. But they just don't know. They just don't know the information. Uh, it's kind of like you know, as you get older, you do a lot better around Jeopardy uh, because you've just kind of been around the block and uh you know i do a lot better now mrs mafia does 10 times better than me on jeopardy but either way you, you kind of learn as you get older so i think you know considering me at my age I, I feel like i should be smarter than i am but uh I, i'm not so but either way we're going to go into it a little bit and uh um, a little bit of history today so you know this is for entertainment purposes only of course, AJ wants me to put that little disclaimer in there, but this is my recollection. Um, if I'm off on a date here or there, you know, excuse my memory, but it's going to be pretty much um, a little bit of an education on some of uh, some of the tech that's around today. You know, we're going to go back and kind of uh, go over some of the older tech and then kind of where we are to today's what they call smartphones and cell phones of the modern day. So I'm going to dive right in here. And, uh, so, you know, mobile tech, really what we was originally developed back in 1940s, what we, we kind of mobile calling, if you want to call it that, uh, we'll say, but the first public cell phone actually ended up, uh, first public cell phone call was way back in 1973, a group of inventors kind of 
went through it. And I'm not going to go into too much detail. These are all kind of separate book, book, book reports. If you want to, if you want to look them up and get more details, but, um, and then roughly in like 1979 satellite phones des- were, were designed originally for uh, safety at sea, which was really the first system. And back in uh, 1983 was really when the first consumer cell phone was sold. Did you know that? AG? So, so you know, the history for mobile calling or the technology behind mobile calling goes way back to the forties. But when it really hit mainstream was in the, the early eighties. That's, that's what to remember here, folks. That that's the main point. So early eighties and then the first consumer cell phone, uh, do you, do you know who developed it? AJ? No, take a guess. I mean, if you think back mafians, take a guess. I'll, I'll give you a couple of seconds here. Like, like we're playing jeopardy, but no, nobody, my, a couple, oh, I think you got it right. Okay, so it's Motorola. Motorola was the first cell phone, and it sold for three thousand nine hundred and ninety-five dollars. That was in nineteen eighty-three. I mean, that was the price of a Buick probably back then. That's crazy. But uh, yeah, so Motorola, who came and went in the in the business, and I think they're still around, but they're owned by I don't even know who they're owned by. Are they owned by Google probably or Microsoft or I I don't know. But anyway, you can look that up. But in the nineteen nineties is really uh, when kind of that instant communication started because in the eighties, you know, you, late eighties, people start getting those, but they got bag cell phones where cell phones were in a bag and then you got really horrible reception and it was like $9,000 a minute. If you were to talk on it, forget about texting. There was no texting really back then, but it, you know, what happened was they, that instant communication with the cell phones that came around in the eighties, you know, mainstream couldn't afford it. And you know, the regular consumer couldn't afford a $4,000 you know, Buick cell phone. Uh, so they had technology kind of developed and ended up coming up with pages or beepers and things like that, that you, you use, if you were living in the nineties, you would have noticed, you know, first the doctors would have them. And unfortunately the drug dealers ended up with them. But uh, that was the, the connotation back then. If you had a beeper, you were, you were selling some dope, you know, but uh, not the cool dope. You were selling dope, bad stuff or, or something else. I don't know. Um, but that decade started the revolution for pagers and it started out with a regular, uh, a Canadian company actually called RIM research in motion motion who makes eventually makes back blackberries, but I'll get to that. Um, they started the two way paging kind of in a clamshell device where you can, you can type a little message and then you can send it to someone and then they can, you know, if they had a similar device, they could send it back to you. Um, but with regular pagers, what you would do is you would dial a number uh, before they got too fancy. You would dial a number, you would call that person, you hear a little beep, and then you would key in the number you wanted to call them back. And then eventually, we, you know, people developed little codes and then, you know, 911 call me an emergency if I put that in there or whatever it was. And then you develop little codes and then people will call them back. And you would generally, if you're out and about, you would have to go to a payphone, right? Because... You didn't have a cell phone, so you pull over, you get to a payphone, you put your quarter, your dime, your nickel, whatever it was in the payphone, you make your phone call, and you call a person, and that was communication. That was, I mean, it was slow, because, you know, you could always say you didn't get the page if you didn't want to talk to the person back, and you don't get that delivered message like you do now on your smartphone when you send a text message, but, and, uh, but again, Research Emotion ended up coming out with this two-way device where you could send a little short message. I forget how many characters it was back then. And it was, um, but it was also became very popular again with doctors and emergency personnel because um, 
that that instant communication. A doctor was off the clock. They needed help at the hospital. They get a page. They show up, right? Right, AJ? So, but then eventually, every teen and every adult had a beeper, a pager, and they ended up coming in all shapes and sizes with different ringtones and all this other kind of stuff. And um, kind of, a, I mean, on a smaller scale as far as the technology goes, it's a lot like what we see today with today's modern-day smartphones. So that was kind of the pages. But by the end of the 90s, um, the pages were kind of on their way out. Um, it was a very uh, cheap to pr- produce, and you would pay a monthly fee for this pager. Um, and at, the, at times, I think it was low as like a dollar a month you'd pay, and you would get you know, this paging service. And But in the 90s, at the same time, over in Europe, they were developing a system called GSM, which was, I think it stands for like the global, I don't know. I'm going to say global system for mobile communications, but I'm probably wrong. It sounds right, but I'm probably wrong. So, uh, and then those required a little SIM card, a little card to be put in your phone to kind of complete the circuit in your phone so you can make phone calls. And your, no, your phone number was stored on that little little card so you can kind of put that card in any phone and then boom, you're activated on that that network for that tower kind of completed the circuit um, and then they would sell them prepaid. They would, you know, you could go to a convenience, and this is mostly in Europe. You could do all of that. And but in the U.S., you know, a couple of country, uh, a couple of companies got together back then, and they decided, which turned out to be not not the right thing. But back in the '90s, they decided that the U.S. is going to go a different route. They're going to use a different technology, not the GSM technology. They're going to use something called CDMA. Uh, which was the standard. And over the next 10 years or so, um, the U.S., uh, they tried real hard to make CDMA the signal of choice, but it just didn't work because you had a lot of the influx from GSM. You had a lot of, uh, you know, the ability to just use a different phone where on the CDMA, and this might be getting boring for you, AJ, I don't know, but on the CDMA, you basically had to go through your phone provider, give them your... um, in essence, your serial number of your phone, and that's how you had to connect. So you couldn't just kind of switch on the fly if that's what you wanted to do. And, uh, you know, the real tech people, you know, I, also you, you you had to kind of stick with the monthly plan as well, where with the GSM, you could buy a card. It would have a certain amount of minutes. You put your little SIM card in there, and then you could work your, your phone until the, the, you know, until the battery died, and that was it, or until your um, your minutes were gone or whatever you paid for. So the CDMA really didn't work in the U.S. because as time went on, technology got better. People wanted faster internet. They started doing more things on their phone. And, you know, although there's some debate of whether the CDMA signal is a clearer signal, it just ultimately couldn't handle the volume um, and the speed required as as things went on. So we kind of shifted eventually away from that. But what happened during the 90s as well was, um, and, and you'd think this would be a lot earlier because as I said earlier in the 40s, if you were paying attention, that's when the first kind of cell phone technology came out. But then after the paging, which was kind of going on in the 90s, or I guess I guess during the paging, they, the first machine generated uh, a SMS, which is a, a I think it stands for a short message service. Again, could be wrong. Was sent in the UK back. Uh, this was December third, nineteen ninety-two. I looked up that date, AJ. But uh, followed in 
followed by uh, in 1993, again, this is approaching the mid-90s now, uh, the first person-to-person SMS was sent in. This was done in Finland. Again, off of uh, the GSM network. Um, and then in the, by the mid-90s, people wanted these things. They wanted them. They were very expensive for a monthly service. So a few companies um, really started to invent, you know, what they took the, the, the GSM model that was in Europe, which was basically a prepaid service, and they started migrating that over to the United States. And the United States then, um, by the late 1900s, um, really, there was a lot of prepaid options, so you didn't have a contract. Still very expensive, you know, compared to what today is. I think, you, I don't remember the pricing, but for 50 minutes a month, you get you had to pay like $20, $30 if you wanted to talk. But that's, while that was going on, you soon, uh, the SMS, which kind of took over because it was cheaper, you would get a certain bucket of SMS and it was unlimited character. Well, it was the characters at that time, whatever money you could send. But um, that was kind of like, became the communication method, 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 excuse me, of choice among the young and, and the trends kind of eventually spread, spread across to all ages because it was just, it was cheaper. And it was, if you wanted to be in the know, you, you know, instead of calling and you, you got rid of your beeper, you know, you, and you didn't want to spend $45 to make a phone call for one minute. You, you got involved in the, the text message uh, revolution, if you will, of the 90s. But um, then eventually, so we got the text message. Beepers were on their way out by the, 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 nine, you know, the end of the 90s. But another thing that was going on was in 93, uh, something called IBM, IBM Simon was, was, was introduced. And not many people are aware of this, but it was probably the world's first smartphone. Um, you know, it was a, a mobile phone, it was a pager, it was a fax machine, it was a PDA, which was a public uh, digital assistant. I think, again, terminology, I'm not 100%. Uh, all kind of all rolled into one. And uh, it included your calendar, and if some of you folks might remember, that was a big thing. Your calendar, your address, your book, had a clock on it, calculator, little notepad function, you could do your email. Um, it was uh, also had a touchscreen, which was also revolutionary around that time. This was, you know, the mid-90s with a, a QWERTY keyboard. Um, and IBM Simon also had a, style, a stylist, you know, a little pen that you can use to tap the touch screen. And it featured, uh, you know, if you were typing a word, it would kind of auto-spell it for you. And the it would had these applications, or um, it was at least a way to deliver more uh, of a featured kind of, uh, a, 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 I guess, a, a you, I guess the application would be like your clock application. It wasn't really crazy applications like you think today when you go into your app store, but it also had a little memory card you can plug in it. I think it was like a, what I read here was like a 1.8 megabyte memory card, which is nothing, nothing. It was like bigger than a floppy disk was. Remember the flop, floppy disks were originally 1.44 megabytes. So again, kind of teching it out or nerding it out or whatever with my, past knowledge but um so anyway the second generation obviously the first generation of anything usually is just a you know we'll see how it works throw it against the wall and see if it sticks right aj but uh eventually it was um available it was available only on gsm networks but eventually it did have to spread to cdma networks um you know and there were different drawbacks the cdma network at the time which was um 
you know, very used the battery a lot more. So devices that were on the CDMA network didn't, didn't run as well. But text messaging kind of, these smartphones kind of developed with IBM Simon. But then in 99, in 1999, this is when the world changed. And the world changed not because it was becoming Y2K and everybody was prepping their barrels of food for, for the, the, the pending doom of, of the year 2000. But in 1999, the first BlackBerry was born. And the BlackBerry device was in itself revolutionary because, um, you know, there was a couple of iterations for IBM before, um, again, research in motion, uh, kind of developed that, but the, it, it was used a special network. It kind of used a, a paging network to send secure emails back and forth and, uh, it, it, it hit the world by storm. Everybody wanted a BlackBerry of any, you know, you could text, you know, with a full keyboard, you can send emails. I mean, the apps weren't a, as huge thing, but you can go to websites if it worked because the internet was still pitiful back then as far as speeds go. But then in 2002, the BlackBerry smartphone was born and um, other companies started kind of making the smartphone where they, they entered these, uh, I don't want to say it was a competition, but they entered these these devices into the marketplace I guess it was a competition, right? It's a competition to sell the phone and the device. But the uh, companies like Palm, it was a Palm Pilot, came out. And, uh, you know, BlackBerry was just flying high, flying high. You couldn't you couldn't have had a, a better device than a, If you had a BlackBerry, you were cool. You were cool back in the late 90s. But ultimately, the demise came for BlackBerry when the iPhone showed up. And, um, you know... In, to, to make a long story short, if, if, if I'll do that, because I generally don't, but um, they just couldn't keep up with Apple in the App Store, and the developers spent their time um, creating apps for Apple and Google and really not much for BlackBerry. And at first, BlackBerry kind of spin it off and say, hey, you don't need apps with BlackBerry because BlackBerry is, um, uh, you know, has full web browser capability. But people didn't want to buy it, and, you know, they didn't buy it. So because they wanted the apps. They wanted those, you know, kind of reduced version of what I would need to do, you know, on the fly. And if I need to use my computer at home, I'll use my computer at home, you know, where now I think everything is done on your phone mostly, but it's kind of how that, that transpired. And then, um, and the speeds on cell phones just, again, weren't there really for that browsing capability on the BlackBerry, which in part is why apps were created to begin with, to be kind of a, like I said, like a crib notes version of, of, of the website themselves. But, uh, so in 2008 was when the kind of the first mainstream iPhone hit the, hit, hit the stands, so to speak. In 2008, you had your first iPhone was iPhone. I think it was 2G. You heard about all the G's and all of that. But, uh, so they, they kind of started with their, you know, their, their app store and their phone and, you know, it wasn't, you know, it was an entry level device. It was great, you know, top of the line tech for those days. And then in the mid-2000s, an evolution began with the 3G. You heard the 3G. You probably heard of 3G. And the technology just began, you know, racing at that point. Everybody wanted 3G. And then um, uh, all the major cell phone companies wanted to fine-tune their tech to get the Internet working on these mobile devices. And they're dumping billions and billions of dollars into their networks. And by 2009, it had become clear that... Uh, the, at some point, the 3G networks are going to be overwhelmed by the growth and bandwidth and the intensive applications and 
uh, like streaming media. You know, everybody wanted to start watching uh, videos and television on there in the late 2000s. So, um, also, this is when most of the U.S. Fi- uh, U.S. finally admitted, oh, it was time to switch over to that GSM. They started realizing, hey, you know, Europe was on to something. We made a mistake. We should have stuck with the, we should have went with GSM to begin with. We would be a lot further along and wouldn't have wasted billions of dollars on CDMA and other similar technology. But, um, yeah, so that was kind of the big, the big boom there. And then you had 2010 rolled in and you had all the e-readers, but uh, everybody from, you know, Amazon had the Kindle and the Nook and then Barnes and Nobles and, um, everybody had the, the, all of that stuff with, you know, devices started coming out with embedded wireless internet. Apple had announced plans for, um, the iPad, which came out later, I think in 2010. So ultimately, and I, I know this can get boring, but ultimately if, um, you know, the last 10 years, it's been a battle for faster devices, better cameras, better screens, faster Bluetooth, so you can transfer things wirelessly. Um, and then just connecting your devices and, and internet to everything from your thermostat to your front door lights and your indoor lights and all of that. And, um, you know, this is what was called, I guess, the internet of things, so to speak, and speed and reliability, uh, which used to be the leading competitive edge for these companies were, you know, slowly diminishing because these companies started evening, you know, the playing field started get becoming more, more even, you know, you tout you're the best network, but then eventually everybody was the best network. And, you know, most cell phones nowadays are going to work. They're going to be just as fast as any of us need. Um, and, you know, for a long while, the thing, you know, thought process was we, we, we didn't have, when I say we, the, the, techni- the, the tech industry as a whole did, felt they didn't have to reinvent the wheel. You know, like BlackBerry and iPhone did. They, they just worked on uh, making things better, seeing the shortfalls of the other companies and, uh, and, and, and improving on them slightly. And then year after year, you know, your iPhone comes out with marginal improvements over next year. And hey, we got one little extra feature and we're going to charge you another $1,000 for this uh, device. But it was, um, I, I think now the equipment has become so similar and so so close to each other. And the companies have become so similar. Uh, really, I, I think we need another BlackBerry, you know, we need another iPhone invention. You know, what is going to be the next greatest thing that's going to hit the tech industry? Because, you know, you got to look out to the consumers and you got to say, Hey, what, what, what the consumers need and what they want, we've got to give them, you know, we've got to come up. So, you know, this, the engineers are working on, I'm sure different technologies and ways to make our lives better, uh, as well as ways for those companies to make more money because if they're not growing they're they're dying, you know, as the old, the old saying goes, but, uh, they really can't live on those coattails of the great companies and the great products that came before them. They need to go out there and reinvent the wheel, uh, to, to have that future success. You know, you've heard of the, 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 the five G and you've heard of, um, the, the, the technology, you know, 3G, 4G, 5G, and, you know, all the commercials are everywhere in the U.S. And 
uh, you know, the U.S. first, the first 5G kind of started back in, uh, I think it was 2019. Uh, they started introducing the the telephone technology for for uh, 5G. Is it telephone or telephony? I don't know. But, uh, you know, every company's bragging. They're all like, you know, I got the most coverage. I got the 5G first, blah, 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 blah. Nobody cares. Really don't. You know, 5G is just the next version of, of a cellular mobile, mobile telephone standard. So, you know, 5G can, I think, travel, you can do download speeds like one gigabyte per second. Can you believe that? My first computer was two gigabytes, the hard drive. You know, I, I think this was the 90s or whatever. And that would include the operating system, all the programs, everything I had, and uh, two gigs. And now you could transfer one gigabyte per second with this 5G. And what do you need that for on your, your mobile device? What are you doing that you need five gig, tra- five gig transfer data? You know? I understand eventually probably we won't have like cable wires coming into the house. Everything will be broadcast from a, either a telephone pole or who knows, a satellite. I know cell phones come from cell phone towers. I don't think they do satellite cell phone transmissions unless you have a satellite phone. But eventually everything will be outside your home and it'll just be you broadcasting locally and it'll just be kind of a universal thing. You know, I know at home with my home phone, I have a cordless phone, right? And then uh, has different frequencies on it and um, you try to like buy different frequencies and on your Wi-Fi you have your, your, your 2.4 and then your 5, right? I don't know if it's gigahertz, megahertz, whatever. But I know the 2.4 is slower, but I can go further away from it in my home. And on the 5, I can go uh, less. I have to stay closer to get a good reception, but it's faster. So I guess that's how the 5G compared to the 4G, it, you have to be closer to these towers or this technology because it's faster, but you probably have to be closer. So they have to put towers, I guess, in more of a, a closer location for what I understand. So eventually 12G, you'll have a tower in every room. So I don't know how that's going to work. And then you wonder, hey, is this 5G technology healthy? Are these these radio waves frying my brain? What's left of it? I don't know. That's a whole nother, uh, whole nother conversation. We got to kind of, someone's got to figure out because this stuff has got to be safe and uh, makes you a little concerned because if, if, if there's so much money in this and this is the future technology that all these big companies are riding upon, is this stuff really safe? And would if it wasn't, would they tell us? Where they say, yeah, no, we're going to shut off all the cell phones, go back to 2G, because anything above that is, you know, is, is causing horrible, horrible health problems for everyone. You know, would they tell us that? I don't know. I don't know who they are, but I don't know if I can trust them. Right, AJ? Would you tell me? If I said, you know, AJ, uh, we, we got this new microphone, and, uh, you know, I got to use it, but uh, it might cause something, you know, some something in my brain to go screwy. Are you going to, uh, you're going to switch it out to an older microphone that I don't sound as good? You would. Well, I don't so. Okay, well, he said I don't sound good anyway. Well, well, that was a bad example, AJ. But uh, once again, that's why you don't have a microphone, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see next season. I think I'm going to require it in your new contract if you get one. You know, everybody's replaceable, AJ. There's a lot of people looking for jobs out there. No, I'm I'm just kidding. No, I'm just kidding. AJ's job is safe, folks. Don't uh, you no reason to send in your resume just yet, unless you bring your own equipment and bring a microphone. So we're gonna take a short break. Uh, this is kind of uh, we're gonna come back with the internet. Okay, so hopefully you enjoyed our little history of the cell phones. If you have any questions? You can always tweet us at Too Clever Mafia. You can check out our website www.twoclevermafia.com. Subscribe. 
to uh, all our social media feeds, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, of course. Leave some comments, folks. Like I said earlier, you know, we need those, uh, uh, was it YouTube and Twitter? Definitely need those. I think a lot of people are signing up for Facebook and Instagram and they're subscribing and liking and chatting, but let's get a balance. Let's get a good potpourri of uh, the social media subscriptions for everyone. doesn't cost anything, right? And um, obviously you can listen to us, which you probably are right now on one of the major uh, podcast networks, uh, Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, Breaker, Radio Public, Bullhorn. And uh, if you'd like to support our 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 site you can always click over on our anchor and hit the, the support button and we'd love to, to um see all the donations that come in and all the kind words and everybody that's been helping support the channel it's been a real uh privilege to to uh be here and answer your questions and really uh, get the feeling that everybody really is enjoying the stuff that we're putting out there we're trying to keep a good balance for everyone so there'll be something for everyone and uh, we will take a short break we will be right back with our uh, chapter two if you want to call it and we're going to go over the internet this is uh, some hot topics coming up here but we're going to I'll just give you a little little tip it's going to be about American Online and uh, CompuServe we're going to have a little bit of little CompuServe chatter going on right so uh, play me some outro music AJ and we will be right back after this well hello thank you once again aj for another great intro hello mafians hello new listeners hello everyone this is your host too clever mafia my wonderful uh i still don't know your job title aj i'm gonna say you're the uh, sound booth guy for now but He's a producer, he helps with the writing, he helps with the sound effects, the editing, a little bit of everything. But uh, AJ is over there in the sound booth, and um, well, you're welcome back once again to the Two Clever Mafia podcast, and uh, our first part, uh, the instant communication of the internet. A lot of numbers, AJ, a lot of, lot of history behind it, but I found it to be educational. A bit long, maybe a bit wordy, but hey, it's a podcast. What else do you have to do but listen to words? I mean, I could put up all the graphics in the world you're not going to see anything right but this one this one's going to be fun i mean not that the last one wasn't fun it was fun very educational this is going to be about the internet and this is the internet from my point of view so we're going to call this the internet the internet's clever beginnings and uh basically i mean we're not going to go into everything but uh, some of the interesting history of the internet uh you know that we've gone through over the you know, experienced, have experienced, um, in my long, long tenure on this big rock, I've experienced, uh, a lot of different things and, um, had a, won a lot of different hats, right, AJ? Unlike you do over in the sound booth, but, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about the internet and though you might learn a thing or two, right? But don't forget to subscribe and like to all our social medias. It's two at two clever mafia over on uh, Facebook uh, Twitter, definitely. We need some more people over there. Instagram's blowing up at Two Clever Mafia. Be a part of that uh, action going over there. We also have YouTube. Also, need some more subscribers over on the YouTube channel. We're going to start doing videos soon. So, um, Also, if you like, subscribe to all of our social medias, at least three of the major platforms, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. 
you know, and YouTube, I'm sorry, all four of the major, AJ is telling me, all four of the major platforms that we're on. Um, and you, at least one comment on one of our videos or likes that, uh, on one of our, uh, posts, then you're eligible to win a prize. You can win, uh, some two Clever Mafia merch. And, uh, we've already had some, uh, three or four winners now, AJ, since we started this thing. And, uh, we got some new merch over there. Uh, check the link in the description. You can uh, head over to, uh, we have some on Teespring and then we're using another, what is the name of the new site, AJ? That's right. That's right. It's called Stream Elements. Stream Elements. So you go over to Stream Elements and it's Duke Clever Mafia. And obviously, um, you want to donate, you can definitely go over to uh, Anchor and uh, anchor.fm forward slash Duke Clever Mafia. And we are available on all of the major podcast sites, obviously, the usual uh, Spotify, Google Podcast, Anchor, of course, and Apple Podcast Breaker, Radio Public, Bullhorn. And uh, let's get this show on the road. The internet, right? The internet has been around uh, for the most part. Um, you know, there's little sketchy details on this, but for the most part, it's been around since the 1960s. There was a firm, uh, again, to get technical, but uh, Advanced Research Project Agency. It was a government firm, uh, ARPA. Uh, it was a, funded by the United States Department of Defense, and I don't know if it was part of it or not. I'm not really sure, but I, don't, I think it was kind of like one of those private entities. Maybe not, but um, it kind of worked into, uh, initially, it was more of a, a, a funded project but it was like a time sharing of computers back in the sixties and late and early seventies, late sixties, early seventies. And there were people doing independent research of all kinds on how to transmit data back and forth. And that kind of developed eventually into the modern day internet, uh, with that interest in how to transmit that data. Uh, you know, we had said previously the cell phone stuff started in the forties. So technically communication, uh, you know, was before you know, the internet obviously would make sense because if you're going to be on the internet, it is a form of communication, but it's more of an advanced form. So anyway, in about 89, 1989, uh, you know, with the steady advances in technology created by, well, it, it created new economic opportunities for commercial uh, folks and commercial involvement in expanding this. And it was, you know, worthwhile investment for them to expand uh, these networks, these internets, uh, these internets. Do you hear me, AJ? These internets. I was reaching to get myself something to drink and my soda, and uh, I said these internets. But uh, one second here. Uh, usually, I like to edit those drink sessions out. Sessions out, but oh, I am thirsty. Ooh, what is this? A new kind of new kind of pop beverage you got me here? Anyway, I'm sorry. We're, we're, we're I forgot we're we're doing a show today. But anyway, so. The expansion in these networks obviously was the driver behind the economic interest in these, these companies getting involved and they wanted to deliver these services to the public, right? They're going to make money. So in mid-89, there was a uh, company called MCI, which is a phone company. I think they were then bought by a company called Sprint and all this kind of, but anyway, the yeah, I don't know why I'm so fast. AJ is like, well, you know all this about the different companies. I said, well, you know, I was very interested in a lot of, there were a lot of different players in telecommunications and um, there were a lot of different players in the internet industry and all of that. And they, they, a lot of them ended up merging into just a handful, but it was interesting at the time, everybody was trying to, to, to keep their head above water, but also get out in front of the line. And um, MCI was one of them. 
a company called, I think it was MCI Mail, maybe they called themselves back then, and a company called CompuServe, which you may have heard of if you're a little bit older. And they established connections to the internet, delivering email to uh, the public. And uh, they delivered email to the public and produced to about a half a million users back then, uh, which connected to the internet. And just uh, a couple months later, I think it was January of 1990, give or take, there was a company called PSINet, and they launched an alternative uh, internet backbone for commercial use. And years later, it was known as a T1 connection, which was fancier than your normal modem connection, which back then was, what, 36K, they called it, and 56K was the phenomenal super speed over the telephone line. But T1 connection was the high speed and higher cost, of course, internet for business. Uh, back in the uh, early 90s, I guess, is when this came about. But in 89 also, before we go along to, to the, the next phase, I guess you can say, um, another one, uh, IBM's technology, which was AOL, officially came around in 89. And here it goes. It gave us that dial-up internet connection, uh, really turbocharged the internet, and where your uh, computer was using a modem to call hopefully a local number or it cost you a ton of money back then in phone bills but you connect to uh, 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 another server i guess you would dial into the internet and make sure nobody else picked up any extensions in your home or you lost the connection but when you finally would dial in especially in its heydays it got more busier more popular goodbye it was very hard to get they kept coming out with more and more local numbers so you didn't get charged a huge amount in the phone bill but um, you would connect into their software. It was a user interface, and you would get your email, your news. You could chat with others through uh, IM back then, where instant messaging. Yep, that's the sound, AJ. Uh, and you would connect to friends and relatives on the other end, and they would type back, and you, you know, meet new friends, all that kind of stuff. And it gave us all access to what, you know, was minimal compared to what it was today of the World Wide Web. And, uh, yeah, AJ and you, yeah, AJ didn't know that. And, um, yeah, it was a disc. It was a CD that you would get in the mail. Originally it was, I think it was on floppy disc, which was like a square disc called the very, but eventually and you get a bunch of them, but eventually it came in a CD. It was in the mail or you would find them in uh, computer magazines or some places where like Barnes and Nobles would have a stack on the counter and then you would just, uh, a circuit city or comp USA. I don't know if they were around even back then, but they, um, you would just pick up a free disc and, uh, you would, put the latest software on the latest version. Cause there was no over the air, uh, internet downloads to update to the latest software. And, uh, you had that, you had to get that disc. Yeah. You had to go out you had to find that internet disc to be able to use the AOL service. And, uh, it very, very quickly, um, grew and became the largest online service. I mean, it pushed aside all their competitors at that time, which were, uh, I think CompuServe was a big one and it pushed them right aside. And uh, 90, 1995, you know, only about four or five years later, uh, it was leading the way. It had three million users nationwide. I mean, it doesn't sound like much because now even the smaller uh, uh, cell phone companies have 10, 20 million uh, users. But uh, back then, three million was tops. And uh, AOL uh, bought a company called Netscape, you might remember. And uh, ultimately, they created the web browser to compete with Microsoft's Internet Explorer. But in 2000, uh, at the height of its popularity, AOL uh, purchased the old Time Warner in one of the largest mergers in U.S. history. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, AOL was rocking. They were rocking. And uh, 
It was, uh, I think it was like over $160 billion. I mean, who had that kind of coin back then? I don't know, but I guess AOL did. But then, uh, then things started to make a turn. AOL rapidly declined from grace after that. Uh, they, you know, the decline led up uh, mostly in, because of the decline in dial-up uh, internet. And people started using broadband. They would buy their own service, and then they wouldn't use AOL's dial-up service. They you would just use AOL's, um, I forget what they called it back then. It was a, uh, I, I don't remember now. Oh, boy. You would drop down, and you wouldn't dial. You would use your own internet, your own IP, and uh, you would use through their internet, and you would still connect through AOL's, you know, service and their, their user interface. Um, but you would use your own broadband. And, but people started realizing, Hey, I, I don't need AOL anymore. I can correct, connect directly to the internet Explorer browser, um, without it. And I didn't need the AOL bloated software, which I got to tell you, I had AOL back in the day and AOL, if you had a problem, it, uh, it tore up your computer pretty bad, you know? Yeah. Hey, it was, a, a it was like, um, I don't know how to explain it in today's world, but uh, it just took over everything, everything, you know, and kind of virus programs did that back in the day too. The antivirus programs, I should say, there were a lot of them, but uh, what do they call it now? Bloatware? Yeah, but uh, AOL software was was a bloatware, I guess, eventually. And then, um, you know, you had uh, all that, along with, you know, in the the late 90s, like we talked about in in the previous segment, you had the cell phones started coming along. Then you had, you know, text messaging, which was huge with AOL, the instant messaging. But then now you had text messaging, which was basically an instant messaging on a cell phone. And, um, you know, mobile email with the Blackberries started working out. In the, uh, you know, that stuff started coming. Uh, the internet started getting a little faster on the mobile devices. And in uh, 2009, AOL was eventually spun off from Time Warner. And uh, they went on to invest in their media brands and their advertising technology. And that's that was all she wrote, folks, at that point. And in uh, 2015, it was about uh, five years ago or so, AOL um, acquired uh, by Verizon for four, only $4.4 billion. Remember, they, they, they bought Time Warner for $160 billion back then. That was crazy. So they AOL basically got a got a, a fire sale. You know, basically Verizon purchased AOL just be, just to get their marketing and their media potential and well their email customers, which AOL is still around. Believe it or not, we still have an AOL email address. This is Mafia and I, and uh, kind of keeping it for prosperity. But when you when you go in someplace and you say, "Hey, when I ask you for your email address," you know, and uh, I've had a couple of dirty looks, and they say, "Hey, uh, you really still have an AOL? Is this some sort of fake thing?" But uh, no, it's real. It's a real, uh, it's a real email. But um, yeah, so Verizon um, in uh, 2018, only a couple of the years, uh, basically. I mean, they, they bought it in 2015, and in 2018, uh, they were. Um, they said that parts of AOL, you know, obviously was still alive with the AOL.com. Um, I think it's the Huffington Post, MSN, and a company called TechCrunch. Might have heard of that if you're in the tech business. Um, I think they were worth $200 million on paper and that included, uh, Yahoo, I think at the time. And, uh, this ultimately meant AOL was worthless at that point because after write-offs and taxes and other financial obligations, uh, they had at the time, there was just no money at all in, um, 
in AOL. So, but now, now on the internet, you know, you, you, you have a service provider and you go on the internet and you're free to do whatever you want. You don't have to necessarily, um, you know, you, you, a lot of, a lot of the websites that we normally we used to go to have apps and the apps are getting better every day, right? And the apps, you can do pretty much whatever you want on them for the most part. I mean, there's some things sometimes I'm like, oh boy, I need to do this. You know what I can't find, AJ? There was an app, uh, who was it? I don't know. There was a financial app. I'm not going to say the name of it, but uh, there was a financial app I had and I had gotten an email, right? And with the financial app, it said, uh, uh, you know, update your data. And I'm like, wait a minute, I don't have this app. And financial apps are scary. I don't want to, I don't want my stuff out there, you know, all my millions. So I, right, right. Well, I don't, yeah. Why don't I pay you more then? No, well, well, you've got to earn it, AJ. And you've been doing it as long as I have been doing it. But until then, you know, how much, <laughs> oh, well, I can't share how much I make with you. That would be right. Let me see. I'm going to pick a number. I'm going to pick a number. I mean, you know, I'm going to find a number. And I'm just going to say a number and then you're going to say, well, does he really make that much or is it possible? Because if I say like $10 million a year, you'll be like, no, no, he's, he's full of it. But if I said like $20,000 a year, no, he makes more than that. So I'm going to pick a number. I'm going to pick a number and go, uh, I don't know. Let's pick, uh, I'm going to say 1.8 million. Now it's how much I get paid How's that sound? No, not believable. Well, you know, if I didn't drive a, uh, well, I drive an economy car. Well, that has nothing to do with my wealth. I drive an economy car with the gas mileage. Why would I, why would I, you know, I don't need to drive a Mercedes or a BMW or a Maserati. I can perfectly well drive my, my Japanese car. Anyway, well, we'll move along from that, AJ. I'll just say I, I work for free. Would you believe that? <laughs> No? Okay. Well, all right. Well, I don't. So anyway, so the internet, <laughs> yeah, well, no, the, so the internet has come a long way, folks. And, and uh, those of you that remember AOL, uh, they were the pioneers. I mean, they were the thing. And then now it, it, it's, it's more, I mean, is the internet really, it's just, okay, who's going to provide it to you? Which service provider are you going to get the best internet connection from? And then what you do on the internet is your own business. It's no longer... You don't need a user interface. You go, you know, whoever you want your homepage to be, whether it's uh, Google or, or Bing or, or, you know, one of the other ones. I don't, <laughs> I don't know what other ones there are right now, but, um, you know, you, you, you know, you do your search engines and you, you find your information and you do what you have to do. And, and you ever, you know, you think of the internet now, I mean, you, you can search anything, any subject, any topic, and you'll find an answer for it on the internet. And, you know, you ever think who, how do all of these answers get there? You know, who published them? You know, cause I don't think I've ever published an answer on there. I mean, I published, you know, podcasts and whatnot, but I don't think I've ever went on and said, Hey, you know what? I'm going to put this up there. So if anybody's searching for it, they can find this answer to this question. So I would imagine there's a network somewhere that does that, whether it's Google automatically or there's people. Yeah. I'd love to find out more information about that because someone's answering all these questions, AJ. I like to get that person on the show, to be honest with you. They know everything. You think there's more than one person? Yeah? Oh, good, AJ. I'm glad. I'm glad I didn't trick you on that uh, that previous statement there. But, yeah, so so the Internet is crazy, and hopefully you weren't expecting more of a a, a detailed tech information. But uh, you got those out there that remember AOL, and, um, uh, you know, 
you really were the pioneers of the internet. I think, you know, I think some of you might have seen, like, there was dial-up for CompuServe, and I don't even know what they use the internet for. I guess email and communications. Instead of sending a fax, I would imagine uh, um, you would, you know, use the internet early on for email. And I don't know if it took 12 days to send it or not, but, uh, yeah, so... So that's where we're at with the internet, folks. If anybody has any questions about uh, anything I said today or any corrections, feel free not to let me know because uh, pretty much that's how I remember it. But uh, if there are any corrections or anything you'd like to add, uh, no, ser- you seriously can post them uh, in, on the YouTube, on the comments section, when the video posts up there, or go to Twitter. Don't forget to subscribe and you know become a follower on Twitter or uh, Facebook or Instagram or any of the ones that we... we uh, tend to frequent um i'm looking here right now i just uh this was a saying that uh, i found and i will uh, leave you all before i head off to the next segment to to ponder to ponder this and uh don't know like someone said it i was in a uh, uh we're, we're back to outdoor dining back in new jersey by the way where, where we are and uh, i've been going you know occasionally being safe and going out and getting some food now that I can because uh, my cooking isn't that good and I heard someone talking to somebody else at the next table it was six feet away more than that so it was a little bit difficult but I'm pretty sure the saying went like this they said to the other person he said don't blame a clown for acting like a clown ask yourself why you keep going to the circus Visit us over at www.twocleverbafia.com and we will be right back after this short break. Welcome, welcome back. Thank you again, AJ. And We're going to wrap up today. I hope everybody enjoyed our Clever's history of uh, telecommunications and... Uh, the second part was mostly the internet, which really kind of went all around America online and AOL. So hope everybody enjoyed that today. And uh, I, I'm going to leave. Uh, I, I, I've got these words of wisdom. You know, everybody uh, seems to like them when I when I leave them for your listening pleasure on our podcast. But uh, this is a little something I read. I also thought it was very interesting. It was from a person named uh, Victor Hansen. He was uh, works over at the Hoover Institute. And, uh, I don't know, I don't know if it matters, but he's a senior fellow over there. And, uh, uh, I think this was like an op-ed publication quite a while ago, but, uh, he said, be a builder, a pioneer, not a regulator, auditor, bureaucrat, a censor, critic, plaintiff, defendant, social media junkie, or a thick-skinned scold. A distant generation created, we mostly delay, idle, and gripe. And basically, it's to sum it up, I, I, I kind of take that as, you know, do something. You know, be a builder, be a pioneer. Don't, you, anybody can complain about anything these days. And you, you, you can take one side or the other in any argument. But instead of, instead of taking one side or the other, why not do something? You know, instead of complaining about people littering, go pick up some litter on the beach. Instead of, you know, uh, complaining about the environment, you know, stop using plastic bottles. Do something that will make a difference. And you don't have to tell anybody. You don't have to do it for any type of, you know, showcase. Or just do it. 
you know, be be that person. You know, go out and create something. Don't 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 complain about it. You know, you, you know, be a, a solution to the problem. Don't become the problem. But that's that's my uh, uh, too clever uh, uh, daily dose of cleverness, which I haven't done in a while, AJ. No, yeah, I haven't done my daily dose of cleverness. Well, we'll take that as my. Even though I didn't, you know, I kind of took it from somebody else. That's going to be my daily dose of cleverness for today. So, uh, I know earlier we talked about, we have some new, uh, we have new face masks you can purchase, you know? Uh, yeah, yeah. We got new, uh, two clever mafia face masks for those that want to go around and, and, uh, help also help support the channel, but you can head over to our, our, our new site over on uh, stream elements. It's called, uh, it's a stream elements.com. And then it's, we're two clever mafia there, or you can definitely check us out over at Teespring. Uh, it's uh, www.tspring, it's T-E-E-S-P-R-I-N-G dot com forward slash two clever mafia. Um, or again, same thing. You can go over to stream elements and it's two clever mafia there. And the, the masks are on two, uh, are on stream elements if you're interested. And uh, another thing I've been asked is everybody wants to know, we, we're no longer doing Patreon. We've, we've dropped them. They've gotten some bad press and, uh, uh, we don't want our listeners involved in that. So for you, we, we've switched over to, you could just go over to, um, uh, you know, anchor.fm forward slash two clever mafia. And, uh, there's a, um, a support button there. You can just, uh, hit the support button and you can donate to our show. If you like uh, our Patreon stuff, all of our donations that we, we do appreciate all of our donations that folks that have donated over there. Um, some have signed up for a monthly, uh, automatic donations. We're going to be canceling those. So, um, we've, we've notified those who have, who have signed up, but uh, we're going to be canceling those and it's going to be transferred just over to anchor. We're just going to work with them. We love anchor and they're not to, you know, they are a paid sponsor of ours. This isn't a paid advertisement for them, but, um, they, uh, uh, they've, they've done nothing but, uh, uh, they've, they've been nothing but good to us. So we, we definitely, uh, we're just going to switch everything over there. So you can also head over to www.twoclevermafia.com. And don't forget, and I know we've talked about this a lot. We'll take a moment if you need it. Uh, head over to Twitter. Head over to Instagram. Head over to Facebook. Head over to YouTube right after you listen to this. Well, when you, when you can do it safely, if you're driving on the road, don't do it right away. But uh, subscribe to our channels. Uh, like, follow um, all, all of our social media groups, the four of them. Uh, like I said, follow us on uh, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and um, Facebook, and like or subscribe and subscribe or sorry, like and comment on one of our uh, videos. Uh, the most current video, AJ. Okay, so it has to be the most current video. So uh, when you're listening to this, it would be this video, or you know, like and subscribe, but leave a comment uh, and uh, just say hey. You know, I want to win some free merch, merchandise, for those who don't know. And, uh, you know, we're going to pick a winner. We've done uh, three or four now. And, uh, you know, we'll just get your information. We'll send it out to you. And uh, you'll get a surprise in the mail one day. It does take seven to ten day, seven to ten business days. So if you're waiting for something, um, know that it's on its way. All right. There's some shipping delays because of what's going on in the world. And I want to say thank you to all my listeners over in Ireland land of fire we uh you know we get a oh about a 
I don't know what our numbers are, AJ, but uh, out of a thousand people, we'll say about uh, 130 or so. And of course, it's going to be multiplied, but about uh, about 13% or so are coming from Ireland. So thank you to my uh, fellow uh, folks on the land of Ire that are listening to us. And, uh, you know, tell your friends, tell your friends to sign up, subscribe, listen to our podcast. We love that our word is spreading. If there's any particular subjects you'd like too clever to, to tackle, uh, feel free to drop us a line. And uh, it only takes a moment. Don't, they don't feel that we're not going to get your comment either. You can drop us an email uh, too clever mafia at gmail.com. Uh, they go into our, our email and we go through them. And as long as it's not spam and it comes to us, I, I read them all. So if you'd like to get something across, definitely don't hesitate to send us an email or suggestion or something you'd like us to talk about. And, uh, but I think that wraps it up for today. Uh, don't forget to listen to us. Uh, we're available everywhere. Anchor, Spotify, Google podcast, Apple podcast, Breaker, Radio Public, Bola Horn. Uh, like and subscribe on the podcast as well. It helps us out. And I uh, hope everybody enjoyed our show today. We'll be back again next week like we uh, always... Uh, we, we were here every Friday. So, you know, check us out every Friday. We'll be here for your listening pleasure. So, uh, thank you so much for watching and listening. And uh, that's all I have to say about that. Be well, Mafias. Bye-bye for now.